I'm Tally. I'm Adrian. And this is Bite Size Podcast, a show where we give you big ideas bite sized. Woo! <laughs> They're like snacks, about... but big snacks. Yeah, big old snacky. Oh man, I could actually use a snack probably. Dude, really it's my microphone will probably pick up my stomach growling. Oh, yeah. I had breakfast this morning, but like. I did I could... not. I could eat. It was like small breakfast. I had like two slices of bacon and some eggs inside of a hot dog bun. So (laughs) (laughs) I was, I mean, to, to put some context on that. Well, no, there is none. Just kidding. That's what I ate. (laughs) It was, it was good though. I feel like it was a smart idea and it's handheld. So it's convenient, you know? Yeah. It sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. I went, um, (laughs) it was very nice. I went running and then I haven't eaten yet. So you should probably there. Eat I'm I mean, maybe going not right to. this second, but <laughs> no. as soon as we're done here, I'm going to cook so many eggs. Oh, yes. I love eggs. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. What have you been up to, my guy? Um, so Augie got his sutures out a couple of days ago, so he doesn't have to wear his cone anymore. Cool. Yeah. He still has to be calm and not excitable. Like he can't, we can't increase his exercise yet, mm-hmm. but just being able to have the cone off of him helps so much. <laughs> oh yeah. I can imagine just, I mean like dogs in general, like that sucks. Like that's a shitty, I can imagine having to wear a cone around my head and you're, like, yeah. close to the ground and, like, shelves and stuff. So it's, like, you're bumping Dude, into it. And he's, like, a big dog. He's a so. big fucking dog. And he'll, he'll like, follow us into the bathroom or whatever. And then he mm. can't turn around because his cone gets stuck <laughs> on everything. And it's, it's kind of cute because he'll, like, try and get stuck and try again and get stuck. And then he side-eyes you th- and you can just barely see it through the hazy cone. And then he just, like... There's, like, a slight little shadow of shame, and he has to back up out of the oh, bathroom. No. Oh, buddy. Uh, but we don't have to deal with that anymore. Good. And all of my bruises are healing, because his cone would just, like, he just rams into you. Right. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so what I was getting at is now that he doesn't have that cone on... Um, like, we still have to keep him calm and everything, but we don't have to stay in the living room as much. Right. Um, like, he can now walk mm-hmm. easily. And, um, you know, if he's alone, we're not super concerned because he's not going to rip his stitches out. So Right, 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 right. I am now not living in the living room constantly. <laughs> good. That's good. It's a comfy yeah. living room, but, like, living room life is... Not Dude. always fun. You know? I know. My computer is in the bedroom, so. Yeah. 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 So how are your things? Uh, things are good, my guy. Um, I went camping with some friends of a friend. They are from, like, the Yellowstone crew. Like, they work and live in Yellowstone, and they, like, came down. Because they're, the lodge that they're normally at isn't open. So a lot of them aren't living in the park anymore um so they came down to like hang out with jenny who's working at this park because her lodge is not open 
Um, and we went camping and it was a super beautiful view and I got to take a bunch of really cool pictures. And then, um, like we where, where did you guys camp? Um, so the place is called Curtis Canyon. It's not actually in Grand Teton National Park. It's in um, the National Elk Refuge, which is closer to Jackson. Uh, and so you drive, like it's on the mountains opposite the Tetons. And it's like a canyon kind of thing. Um, so there's this like, this spot is fucking amazing. We like get to this clearing and you pull up and you like camp, like you like park your car or whatever. And it's just the entire view of the valley, of the Jackson Valley. Um, and you can see all of the different like topographical features. And it's, oh my God, it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, so, yeah, that yeah. sounds dope. Yeah. I actually, surprisingly enough, I do not camp in Grand Teton National Park a lot. Um, the park, like, the camping that, like, is within the park, I feel like is, um, generally really overcrowded, and, like, the ones that are at, like, the different lodges or the different spots, it's most of the time, like, very much people that don't know what they're doing. (laughs) Um, Okay, okay. You know, just, like, families that are, like, not necessarily, like, like, this is the one time that they'll ever go camping because they wanted to experience it. And so they stayed inside of the park, like, at a location in the park because they were close right. to, like, all the amenities, essentially. Yeah. Which um, is great that there are things for people like that. Yeah, absolutely. And and you want to, like, introduce them to, like, uh, like, give them the opportunity to, like, be introduced to nature so that they'll appreciate it more. Like, I definitely 100% support it. But I don't want to hang out with those people. <laughs> no. <laughs> Very much not shit in the woods people. Um, so yeah. (laughs) Um, so I don't generally park, I don't generally camp in the park. Um, the vast majority of the time I'm usually, also I don't like paying for campsites. I think it's kind of like insult upon injury where you're like, you're paying to get into the national parks and then you're also paying to be at a campsite. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of, I mean, I know that there's like work going in to maintain it and like pay the employees that like take care of the campgrounds. But I also know what goes into running a campground and taking care of it and exactly how much it costs. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. So I generally park in air camp in the national forest. Um, and then Curtis Canyon, this is the first time that I've actually been up there, which is really cool, but yeah. Dope. Yeah. Just doing outdoors things. Trying to see aliens, man. <laughs> really hard. <laughs> right? I look at the sky yeah. for hours every night. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've been looking too. And, uh, you know, just like there's like clouds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, really, it's really strange watching um, because we have like such a crazy view of like the horizon and like we have like so many points denoting where the sun is rising from it's been really interesting to see the sky change um in terms of like where the sun rises and sets going throughout the oh, season okay yeah um because like i wasn't really paying attention and then like when uh i saw the sunrise the other day and i was like why the fuck is the sun on that side of the sky that doesn't seem right like <laughs> But it is. It's just you, when you go in a different direction. Yeah, it turns uh, out. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I'm just a fucking idiot. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> 
Let's get into it. Yeah, so uh, this is our episode that's all about um, aliens and things in pop culture. And this is going to be a really fun episode because basically we're just going to geek out on alien movies and media. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I'm really... I'm excited because it's, like, mostly just, like, how we feel about aliens, you know? And yeah. And, like, our favorite, our buddies, you know, our alien buddies sometimes. Not all the time, but <laughs> um, just, like, cool, like, fact stuff, like, things that you get excited to tell your friend that you learned about in, like, a bar setting or something like that. It's just... Yeah. That'll be this episode, which is exciting and fun. Super cool. Mm-hmm. So we thought it would be appropriate if we talked about X-Files first. Absolutely. I Um, think my favorite thing that I've seen recently regarding X-Files was, have you seen the picture where um, Mulder and Scully's hair is flipped? No. And they look like a, yeah, the the whole meme is if you, if you switch their hair, they look like a synth pop band from the eighties. Oh my God. so good. I'll I'll send it to you. We'll put it on the Instagram because it's it's just so funny. That sounds amazing. Oh yeah. Um, I feel like there's going to be no one listening who doesn't know who the X-Files is or what the X-Files is. <laughs> or at least, like, yeah. Like, not necessarily be super familiar about it, but they're gonna, like, recognize yeah. what it is. Um, yeah. But in case you don't know, um, the X-Files is a TV show. Was a TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, they keep coming back, so, <laughs> so who knows if there will be another, another season. Right. Um, there's currently 11 seasons. Jesus. And, I didn't even yeah. know it was that many. Yeah, and there's over 200 episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, the premise of the X Files is it's these two agents, one of them being Spooky Mulder, and the other one being Dana Scully, uh, yeah. who is a skeptic. Um, Fox Mulder, he. Uh, he believes in all the alien stuff. He believes in conspiracy theories. Um, he's a total believer. And Scully is not. And they have to do... It's basically like a, a monster of the week formula. Yeah. Which I personally like. I think it's fun. Oh, absolutely. And the cool thing is, like, it's... It kind of reminds me of, like... Did you ever... Um, were you a 4chan person at all? Or, like, a something awful person? Uh, yeah, I dabble. So, like, the SPC or whatever, like, the, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, the, it was on the X board, like, the paranormal boards, and it's, like, essentially these creatures that are essentially, like, cryptids that are, like, collectively, like, captured in the wild and then, like, put away, and they're, like, all kinds of different horror stuff. And some of them are, like, kind of alien dudes, and then others are, like, you know, more like Mothman, um, or, like, this weird, like, plastic baby, or, like, the Annabelle doll. It's just, like, all different kinds of... So it's kind of, like, it's not necessarily all alien stuff. Like, it was, like, it's just... Like, urban legend. Yeah. Creepy creepy shit. It's fun. If you haven't watched it, I highly recommend that you watch it. Right, right. 
So the cool thing, well, there's a bunch of cool things about X-Files. Um, but one of the like main, the story arc, cause it's mostly a monster of the week, but there is an overarching story arc and it's that they start to uncover this conspiracy where the government is hiding the fact that aliens have made contact with humans and um that like the roswell incident was mm. real and that um there is like the shadowy government figure um what are they called the syndicate yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. and they um as a callback to i think it was our area 51 episode when we talked about all those weird conspiracy theories where people were talking about hybrid people and alien. Oh, yeah. Alien superpower people. Yeah. Um, so in the X-Files, like, part of what they uncover is that the syndicate have, like, struck this deal with the aliens and um, the aliens are, like, planning on making all the people sick and then taking them as slaves and then making alien-human hybrid stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, what came first? The X-File, <laughs> human, the chicken or the alien egg. hybrid, or the <laughs> conspiracy, conspiracy right. theory? <laughs> right. X-Files was obviously first. Um, that's what inspired the government to uh, partner with aliens to create human-alien hybrids. Uh, so. Yeah, the X-Files was actually created by the government. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. It's kind of like how it was like that, oh, you know, Area 51 is just to throw off the scent or whatever. That's pretty yeah. much what the X-Files was. It's like, oh, like, pump them full of, like, you know, mythos fucking nonsense. And they, they'll they never yeah. suspect that that's what's actually going on. <laughs> but and there's David some truth Dukovny, to it. <laughs> hot dad, also crime-fighting superhero that kills aliens. It's a whole thing. Yeah, you know? that's, that's real. That's his real life. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I, I wish. I that wish. would be so awesome. Can we also talk about the opening sequence for uh, the X-Files is like probably the most terrifying fucking thing on the face of the planet. Like that scared the shit out of me as a child. You mean the intro? Yeah, like the intro music and just like. The, Dude, the music is <laughs> so good. Yeah. It's great. Oh my I love god, it now, I love like, it. When I was a kid, I was like, "Oh, my mom's watching that fucking scary show." Again. <laughs> I don't think my parents watched it. Oh yeah, my parents are super fucking huge nerds. So yeah, I think um, I don't know what my I was a child that hid in my room, so <laughs> I yep. don't know what my parents did. Right. <laughs> I understand. I mean, me too. Whenever I heard that sound, I was like, I'm going to my room. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you somehow have not watched The X-Files, I think it's still streaming on Netflix. Hulu. Hulu. Okay, Netflix. cool, cool, cool. I, I think it is Hulu. I, I don't know why I do this, um, but every year, like around the holiday season, um, it... That's X-Files season to me. <laughs> so I I will often, like, when I'm, I'll get all of the presents and then have, like, a big wrapping day. Mm-hmm. And 
um, I just put on the X-Files and I wrap all of my presents. That's amazing. Honestly, I that's have, a really I, great tradition. <laughs> it's Yeah, I can't stop now. I don't know why I started, but it feels correct. So Yeah, absolutely. I'm Would recommend. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm probably going to watch the X-Files like after we're done recording <laughs> yeah it's just it's just like you can put it on at any point um of your life but also any point in the series and it's fine oh yeah absolutely it's definitely something that you don't need to like i mean obviously like there's some like overarching stuff because like that's how tv shows work right for the most part like you, you can, can just pop in, in. And, yeah just say hello what's up you know yeah just oh little, hey Mulder. little nibble you know oh. <laughs> God, he's so hot. I know. Oh, I was like first crush. Like <laughs> I have a lot of first crush, but he like he like literally is like very very attractive. And then when David Duchovny was in Californication, I was just like, this is too much. Right. Right. Too hot. Too hot. Also, I think it's like I don't know if it's the first within the first three episodes of the first season. They're in South Dakota. Really. Yeah, like I remember that. Of, okay, I think I remember that there was a South Dakota episode, but I can't remember what happened. Yeah, I think it's just like the beginning of the episode. They are um, like following the you know the dude that has the mystery thing happen to him, and he is. I don't remember where in South Dakota, but he's in South Dakota. And every single time I watch that episode, I'm like, "Oh hey, oh hey," <laughs> even though I know it's coming. <laughs> right, right. I feel that. Yeah, that's just fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things from childhood, uh, E.T., the extraterrestrial. Yeah, my alien friend or me. <laughs> if you've ever seen uh, Code Monkeys. Yeah, do yeah, a yeah. Wonderful episode <laughs> about the creation of the E.T. video game, which was the worst <laughs> fucking thing to ever happen, ever. <laughs> I remember um, going on the E.T. ride, what was it, at Universal Studios, maybe? Mm-hmm. And that fucking thing was cool, because you're on the bike. Um, oh. It's obviously, like, it looks like you're on a bike, but it's, you know, there's, like, four other people with you, and then E.T. is in the little basket, and he keep, like... He keeps popping his head up, but he has a little blanket on him, and he'll, like, interact with the surroundings, and it's oh, all dude, fun. Awesome. It was super cool. It's I have a very vivid memory of it, mostly because I felt, um, even as a small child, I was probably, like, five or six, um, I felt that the ride was horribly unsafe because I was just sloshing around on my seat. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, yeah, I mean... As an adult going to a theme park, it's a totally different experience than when you're a child. Everything feels like, at least for me when I was a kid, like I used to go to Disneyland a lot and like, I just remember like one of my first memories was going on Mr. Toad's Wild Ride and just shitting my fucking pants. (laughs) I like literally got out of my seat and hid underneath my mom's like seat (laughs) in the cart because it was too scary for me. And then of course we go to like the Haunted Mansion and I'm totally fine. Oh my God, yeah. Like, I I mean, I don't know why. I don't know why. I remember the part where you're like going into like an oven essentially. So there's like flames and stuff (laughs) shooting up next to you and it's on one of those like weird 
like projector screen type things that they have in rides that you know yeah what yeah anyways it was <laughs> fucking terrifying i was scared as shit but one thing that i was actually et scared me too See, and I don't remember ever being scared by E.T. I remember being sad by it. Yeah. The the scene where they're walking up the hill, all of the science dudes oh, yeah. in the suits, yeah. like, that scared the shit out of me. And I think that... it's kind of like an uncanny valley thing, you know? Right. Uh, I remember... Yeah, I mostly just remember being sad. That his friend had to leave and that his friend was sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I want to tell a quick story that has nothing to do with aliens, but everything to do with pop-up amusement parks. Okay, yes. Um, so I guess it used to be a thing where um, a pop-up like carnival would show up uh, into town. And not in like the fairgrounds, but like in parking lots. Oh, you mean that thing that steals children? (laughs) Yeah, some of that. Um, So my mom took me there once, um, or to one of them. Um, I don't remember much because I I was very young. um, Maybe five tops. Mm -hmm. And you know the the ride, the hammer? You're like um, in the little... Oops. You're in the little... um, thing and it goes in the air and you go upside down and it goes all the way around yeah that's one um, of my favorite rides i love that show. yeah so it's one of those but it's a small version um that children can fit on mm-hmm. and it's a little two-seater that's all there is and my mom's like cool you want to go on this and i was like okay let's do it um that fucking thing <laughs> i was so tiny and that thing was going so fast that I flew out of the, I flew out of the seatbelt and was just being tumbled around the compartment. Oh my god! And it was going so fast, so I was just flopping all around, and my mom couldn't do anything because she was in her seatbelt, but she was just dying laughing. Oh my god, mom! <laughs> I remember just, like, tumbling around, like, yelling, like, help me! And my mom was just, (laughs) my mom was just laughing. Um, She was, like, reaching for me and stuff, but I was just being tossed around so much. And the fucking child running the ride didn't hear us yelling. Um, So uh, we just kept going, and I just, I got tossed around so much. Oh my god, that's fucking terrifying. <laughs> that's so terrifying. That's funny though. That you're yeah. Like, I mean, like, honestly, now that I'm an adult and I like see like the way like like I mean like I'm sure she knew that you probably like hopefully you wouldn't like you know fling out of the like compartment and die. Yeah, it was a closed compartment. Funny. Yeah. Um. But yeah, dude. Like, I would laugh at a child. Dude, I would too. How could you not? Just like a fucking little string bean of a person getting like thrown about. Right. (laughs) Oh my god. Anyways. Uh, Yeah. That happened. Yeah, back to ET. Oh my god, dude, people haven't seen ET. 
People haven't. Um, People haven't. It's insane to me. I feel like that's yeah. something that everyone has to see. It's like a rite of passage to like be a human being. You have to see E.T. Yeah. You got to do it at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah. It came out in what? The early 80s? Yeah. It's 1982. Was okay. E. Cool. Okay. Um, so Ask yeah, me any it's... question about the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen E.T., um, E.T. is a little squishy alien thing. Um, and he, yeah, um, well, I have a, one of my favorite jokes, uh, to ask someone is you say, what is E.T. short for? And then you say, I don't know, extraterrestrial. Oh. (laughs) And then I say, no, that's how he was born. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's super dumb, but you can tell it to a child. Um, anyways, (laughs) E.D. is a short little squishy alien, um, and he comes down to the earth, uh, to, like, poke around and learn some stuff, and Elliot, this little boy, sees him, and, um, there's the famous luring him in with Reese's Pieces candy, Mm -hmm. um, and he, like, hides him in his house and his, him and his siblings are like bros yeah with they like dress AT. him up in cute outfits yeah and one of the things that happens with this type of alien in this particular universe is um et and elliot have like this weird psychic connection so anything that's happening to et uh also happens somewhat to Elliot mm-hmm. um like E.T. is like drinking beer at one point and watching TV and Elliot starts to feel like drunk while mm-hmm. he's at school and uh things like that and then at the end when E.T. is dying Elliot is also dying yeah Fucking but sad. they don't die no just they don't, they don't die <laughs> <laughs> Way to ruin the end of the movie, but no, it's been awesome. It's the fucking 80s. Like, everyone yeah. should see this movie. And also, like, you should have seen this movie. Like, I can't, I still can't wrap my head around, like, so. I know, little baby Drew Barrymore. Right. Oh, my God. She was so adorable. Oh, my God. Like, those little pigtails. the cutest fucking child. Yeah. Like, what you imagine, like, when someone says, like, little girl, child, like, that's, like, the yeah. image that you see is Drew Barrymore. When you, yeah, when you're, like, my little sister, you picture a little pigtailed, cute Drew Barrymore. Yeah, literally, that's it. Doesn't matter who Gertie. you are. Doesn't matter what your nationality, it's always, it's just Drew Barrymore <laughs> as a child. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, I've gotten to that, like, point now where I just, like, feel old all the time. I was at a fire with a bunch of people that are younger than me. Um, and some people that were like, you know, my same age or whatever. And my friend has like a joke about like, instead of saying like the rapture, like getting raptured, she says reptard. Oh. And like reptar, like from yeah, Rugrats. The Rugrats. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, you know, whatever. And so I like said that. I was like, well, can't, can't do that. I'm getting reptard or something like that. Like, cause we were talking about religious stuff and, uh, everyone laughed and no one knew like, they laughed because it sounded funny, I guess, but they didn't actually know who, what Reptar was. And I was like, that's oh. not even that old. Like, Rugrats, it really isn't. you know. But, yeah, so that's where I am in my life now. Fucking sad. Dude. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. Oh, God. <laughs> I didn't want to 
Yeah, because you're several years younger than me, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Was it, how old oh. are you? Shit, it's zombie time right now. Zombie the alarms time? are going off. Zombie <laughs> All the dogs. Time. Yeah, when the tornado alarms go off. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought that was on Sundays. I guess it is. it's the first Saturday of the month. There yeah. you go. All the dogs in the neighborhood are barking. Oh, God. <laughs> but yeah, E.T. was like a super, super, super popular film. It was like it was even um, better. Like it was higher earning than Star Wars, which was also a huge, huge, huge release. Um, and it held the record for 11 years until Jurassic Park was released. And that was another Ugh. Steven Spielberg film. I fucking love Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't watched E.T. in a really long time, um, but I should rewatch it again. I yeah. tend to not watch movies um, that made me sad in my childhood. Like, I'd never want to see them again. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's nice to feel sad. Plus, like, I mean, there's hope at the end of E.T. Like, it's a good one. It's just yeah. a solid, solid one, you know? It really is. Um, and E.T. is... I, I've i always wanted to, like, hug him because he looks so squishy and weird. Yeah. Yeah. He's a squishy little guy. Yeah. He's, like, a little cutie. Yeah. He's just all skin. <laughs> he kind of looks like a ball sack a little bit. Yeah. Like, with feet. He's a ball sack with feet and arms. That's E.T. I hate to say that, but it is what he's he looks got, like. like. liver spots. Yeah, dude. He's got, like, an old man ball sack with legs and arms. Oh, and second thought, maybe he's not that cute. Right, yeah. I mean, I don't know. He's, like, kind of, like, I mean, he's... He's what the 80s tried to do when they wanted to make cute things. You know what I mean? Like The 80s necessarily... had a really special thing going on for creatures. Because, like, uh, the gremlins were like that, too. Like, kind of squishy looking. and Yeah, absolutely. And that was the whole thing. I even had, like, when I was growing up, I even had, like, a toy E.T. Was it squishy? Was, like, no, it was hard plastic. Oh. Oh. Yeah. But, uh, I, I want, like, a stress ball that looks like E.T. That'd be sick. That'd be dope. I'm here yeah. for that. Me too. Yeah. But no, he's like a turtle eyeball <laughs> ball sack man. <laughs> he looks like a turtle out of his shell, but is also a ball sack at the same time. Right. Yeah. So imagine, I mean, we don't know what turtles look like underneath their shell, I don't so, want to know. Probably that. <laughs> Ew. Okay. Oh. Let's talk about cute stuff. I don't and think by cute, any cute stuff, stuff on this list. <laughs> oh no, there is. By cute stuff, I mean a 1996 Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith in Independence Day. Oh yeah, abs. Oh god, yes, <laughs> absolutely, yes. Please oh my god, sign me up. I love both of those people so much oh yeah so hot too oh, oh my god. god oh my god like, for real literally so hot <laughs> oh why am i like this <laughs> <laughs> um other fun fact tying into jurassic park and it's not about jeff goldblum also being in jurassic park is um 
it is uh, Independence Day. Yeah, it's the second highest grossing film ever at the time that it mm. came out behind yeah. Jurassic Park. Nice. <laughs> nice. Solid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Independence Day came out in 96. Um, Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith and some other people are in it. <laughs> um, and it's basically the premise is um, aliens in a mean way are coming to Earth. And they start, like, hovering above uh, all these cities. And there's, like, some people that um, think they're coming for, like, good things. And they, like, stand on top of the buildings to, like, welcome the aliens. And they're all holding signs, like, take me to your leader and (laughs) welcome to Earth and stuff like that. Um, Because they think, you know, like, oh, they're coming in peace. Like, this is what aliens do. Here we go. We're going to give them this welcome party. But um, the aliens are not coming in peace. And all those people die. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They get vaporized. Like, fucking so dead. Like, yeah, fucking hard dead. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But Jeff, Jeff Goldblum's character, he... Um... Like, he's, like, a satellite dude, um, and, and he's, like, picking up on the signals, and he realizes, that like, oh, shit, these aliens are, like, they're on a timer. This is a countdown, and they're all going to do this fucking huge coordinated attack. So yeah. his ex-wife works in the White House, and he's, like, trying to get at her, like, girl, you got to tell the president, like, these aliens are not coming in peace. They're going to fucking kill everybody, which right. is when people start dying um so like there's that whole plot going on where they're trying to figure out like how do we get these aliens away we know they're gonna attack us um they try to earth tries to attack them um but the ships have like a force field so they're they're not taking any damage meanwhile will smith's character um he's in the army or no i think he's a marine yeah one of, yeah. yeah, I think he's a Marine, yeah. Yeah, so he's, um, he's a pilot, um, so he's, like, one of the people that's trying to attack, um, the shit, and the shit isn't being attacked. Um, so he kind of, like, locks into this one little fighter, because the ships release more fighters, and they're, like, all around killing people, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. um, Will Smith ends up taking this alien out and there's this really fun scene of him dragging the alien through the desert mm. um, and I just I just love it yeah, it's so good <laughs> yeah but he ends up as another callback to our area 51 episode he takes the alien to area 51 and so at area 51 they're now housing the like little fighter um, ship that the alien was in and they have three I think three alien corpses at area 51 and they're starting to like um do the autopsy the alien autopsy Mm -hmm. on one of the aliens turns out alien is not dead and um it uses like telepathic power to fucking kill everybody (laughs) yeah yeah in like a big way yeah uh it's fucking terrifying honestly yeah seriously so uh, here like we, again, 
up against the glass that it's like it's super bad it's just yeah it's very dramatic and (laughs) like he uses um the guy's vocal cords to like talk shit at the president yeah bill pullman also oh my god that scene (laughs) made me so uncomfortable though like his fucking like yeah i don't know yeah it's really intense but it's also really like it's such a good fucking movie it really Um, is yeah, it's, like, definitely one of my faves, for sure. Yeah. Um, do you know what we forgot to put on this list? What? Fucking Men in Black. Oh, no, I have it in the back of my head. Oh, okay, cool. I just didn't <laughs> write it down. <laughs> right, okay, good. I was, like, because I didn't write it down, and, like, I didn't, so I was, like, mm, but Men in Black, that's also. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how Will Smith feels about aliens, because he's in numerous alien movies yeah like a bunch of them yeah dude i wonder if he like knows more than he uh, might I wonder if he's a scientologist I don't oh know. no don't <laughs> <laughs> oh no 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 oh no yeah um men in black is a callback to the shadowy what were they called the Mysterious Twelve or whatever. Oh, yeah. The, uh... I can't remember if it's Majestic or Magnificent. <laughs> it's, like, some dumb word that... It really like, is. It's like, and it definitely starts with an sense. M. And it, sa- it sounds like a fucking stupid fucking, like, a Tarantino movie or something like that. It's it's, like, I can't it sounds it's like called. a ripoff of, like, the X-Men or something. Yeah, exactly. And so, it, yeah, it's a group of people that are, like, prided with, like, the... And the whole thing is kind of, like, if Operation... Or if Project Blue Book was, like, real, and they were actually, yeah. like... Um, they were actually going through and doing these investigations and, like, finding aliens. It's, like... It suggests that, essentially. So if you haven't yeah. seen Men in Black... First of all, you should probably watch Men in Black because it's great, especially if you like Will Smith. Tommy Lee Jones oh is also in it. It's oh incredible. Yeah. Um, like, all, and the thing is, like, all of them are not bad. I haven't seen. Okay. I haven't seen it, the new one. So I did. I can't say if that one's good, but I liked Men in Black one, two, and three. So. Yeah. Well, and the and the new one, um, we watched it not that long ago because I love the men in black franchise <laughs> right absolutely. Um, um and it's like we had a good time watching it i mean those movies aren't supposed to be like fucking works of art they're entertaining and funny and that's right. what this one was too right absolutely um so men in black the original was released in 1997 um obviously it follows the it follows tommy lee jones and um and will smith i'm just oh looking at the promo poster for like the it's... original one and it's like so good <laughs> so noah's probably annoyed because i watched the first men in black so many times <laughs> like this year i've i've watched it probably like seven times already oh yeah um, absolutely i still but have it's the just so good VHS. fuck yeah yeah <laughs> dude that's the scene where um Will Smith is, you know, just a cop and he's chasing what turns out to be an alien Mm. through New York and he's going everywhere and he finally, like, pins him against the wall and he's like, N-Y-P-D means I will knock your punk ass down. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I 
fucking love it. I fucking love Will Smith. Oh, dude, Will Smith is like literally. He's so great. Oh God, he's. Uh, I don't. Mm, I just. Mm, all I'm saying is that he's literally so great, and I just don't understand how anyone could possibly even think to cheat on him because he just seems fantastic. I don't think way. she cheated on him. They've had an open relationship for like so long. Really? Okay. I don't know. I like heard some like some internet shit. I guess that's wrong. Yeah, I there's a bunch good. of internet shit. Them, I'm out of their business. I just can't imagine a yeah. world in which you would want to be. I know. I know. Because um, I, so. I remember like years ago finding out or you know like reading that they were in an open relationship, and I was like probably in my early twenties at the time, and I was like, so you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> Uh, so you're, you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> so when yeah. this when this whole thing happened this year, um, like I I was I was like questioning myself like did I not read that years ago? Right. Is that what the fuck is happening? So I don't know. But yeah, uh, Will Smith was actually one of my first crushes because I grew up watching The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's this is now a Will Smith fan podcast. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm going to change my name on Twitter. Like, this is uh, completely different. Yeah. Uh, we're going we're gonna to steer this ship into a completely different direction. Thank you so much for your patronage. Thank you so much for listening up to yeah. this point. Um, Shifting Although I gears. understand, I really can't see why anyone would stop listening. Uh, yeah, right, <laughs> right. Because Will Smith is literally the shit. Oh, I love him so fucking much. He's I know. Uh, but yeah, back to Men in Black. Um, it's, yeah, I love the, the franchise. It's so fun. Um, each, each movie has its own, like, they did a really good job of giving them all the, their own interesting plot, which is good because it didn't kill the sequels yeah 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 um yeah and i think i mentioned when we were talking about on our last episode when um Hynek used the term swamp gas they call back to it in men in black when they're like some swamp gas reflected off of venus yeah, <laughs> that's what yeah, you saw yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah it's just a cool concept it's a cool movie i like it a lot i really love the little coffee aliens that are always oh my god yeah break room drinking coffee like i think that's probably like my favorite part of the whole series wanga Um, (laughs) yeah yes yes (laughs) uh i i am slightly embarrassed by how much of the script i know (laughs) (laughs) that does happen (laughs) Ooh. yeah it's just super solid film and everyone should watch it it's like very and the the thing is like the comedy they do it in a way that it's like it's good for everyone and it like it definitely like aged super well i feel like yeah it really did so yeah especially because they didn't rely on a bunch of like cg stuff yeah yeah there was a lot of like special effects and things like that so yeah they did a they did a good job with uh all of that Mm mm-hmm also, I can never look at Vincent, the, the, Dion, Dionfrio, I don't fucking know. He's an <laughs> actor, and he's actually a very good actor, and has, like, won awards, and has, like, been in, like, a bunch of different stuff, 
Um, but I just can't. I think most recently he's like on like one of those cop shows. I can't remember. Yeah. I don't know anyone's name unless they're Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum. Right. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Um, <laughs> yeah, like he was in Thumbsucker, which was like a, an independent film. Like he's he's been in like a bunch of stuff. But him playing the bug in that, I can't fucking look at him the same way. Anytime he's in something, I just don't want to watch it mm. because he was so fucking gross as the bug in fucking. Dude, he did so fucking good though. Yeah, dude. Oh, oh, he's. Oh my god, he was also uh, Gomer Pyle in Full Metal Jacket. Oh shit! I didn't know that. But now I do. That's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Yeah. So. So watch Men in Black. Please do. Um, <clears throat> one of the other movies that I really want to talk about is Contact from 1997 with mm-hmm. Jodie Foster, not Helen Hunt. <laughs> right. <laughs> Helen Hunt is in Twister. Jodie yes. Foster is in contact. There were two movies yes. that were released around the same time. They look very similar. They uh, really do. Yeah. So I understand, but <clears throat> not the same. Yeah. Person. No. Um, but Contact, um, I actually didn't see Contact until I was in my mid-20s. Um, I didn't even know about it, honestly, until I was mm-hmm. in my mid-20s. And I went to it... Um, the school put on a special thing for women in science and engineering mm-hmm. um, at the Elks Theater, which is our little vintage, cute little theater here. Mm-hmm. Um, and they <clears throat> they rented it out, and we watched Contact, which is super cool. <coughs> Sorry, I'm dying. Um, <laughs> so the movie, if you haven't seen it, um, I almost said Helen Hunt. Jodie Foster is uh, this lady scientist, and she, like, her life's work is, like, trying to find um, evidence of alien life, and she finally does. Um, And, like, at first, people aren't believing her, and then she finds more evidence, and then they're like, okay, we believe you now. And um, people start, and by people, I mean, like, governments and shit start building... um, these machines that will be able to travel to the star where um, the transmissions are coming from. Um, And eventually like she gets on this machine um, to go travel and she like, they set her off and she starts like, she's going through all these wormholes. It's super cool. Like the scene is super cool when she's traveling. Um, And she, lands and she comes onto this beach that she knew from her childhood and off in the distance she sees a person standing there and as she like walks up to this person she sees it's her father who died like a long time ago and at first she's like what the fuck but then she finds out it's an alien that um took on like her dad's form yeah and they start communicating with her and they're like you know we created this beach and whatnot and i look like your dad so this is easier for you to comprehend like what's going on so you're not like all freaked out right and um the alien starts to tell her like this is just humanity's first step and like this space exploration stuff um but then she like she passes out and she starts traveling back through 
a wormhole and when she like comes to like everybody is like oh my god are you okay what's going on and she finds out that the machine actually didn't leave it just like fell off of its rig and then fell into the safety net Mm -hmm. um so she like didn't leave but she's like no i was gone for like 18 hours like she's approximating it she's i was gone i was really there um and she had the recording devices but her recording devices like there's nothing on there and she's like what the fuck please believe me and then Mm -hmm. eventually these um like white house correspondents are like talking and they're like okay so like her recording device did only record noise like there's nothing on there but it did record 18 hours of it Mm -hmm. and then you're like oh my god so they keep financially supporting her yeah um really good movie yeah it's oh my gosh it's really emotional it's really it's a good it's just you should watch it another yeah. one that you should watch um yeah it was released yeah, and, in 1997 i think yeah 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 and it, it's just like um like the pace uh like it's slower like it's not like a like an adventure comedy situation like it's like a serious film and I like that it's rooted in science, whether the science is real or not. Um, right. Just because so it, it's it, based off of the Carl Sagan book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, um, you know, it just, when things like this are rooted more in science, again, whether it's real science or not, it just feels, it helps me at least with the suspension of disbelief. Like, oh, this could happen. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've, I've seen Contact several times cause it's just so good. Um, but then in 2016, that movie Arrival came out. Mm-hmm. Did you see that one? Yeah. So with, uh, the language translator. Yeah. 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 That, uh, oh God. Incredible. So Again. yeah. And it has a very similar feel to Contact. Right. Um, it's, and you a know, lot it's of a, their stuff is based off of like actual like science as well like in terms not necessarily in terms of like the aliens or how whatever but like more of just like the understanding of like how they were able to translate the alien language and things like that yeah yeah anyways um arrival similar field to contact and that it's you know um a first contact movie (laughs) And, uh, but the aliens come to earth this time, um, and they're like floating around and people are finally like, okay, we got to figure out like what the fuck is going on here. Um, so they, they get this, uh, this linguist lady to come help try to talk to these aliens. Um, so like the meat of the movie is her, um, like trying to learn their language and, um, you know, they're, they're like drawing on the glass and, She's learning these symbols and she's starting to um, learn their language. Um, But the more she learns her language, the more she or their language, the more she has like these weird visions. Um, And she had a a daughter that passed away at a young age. um, So also similar to contact, they're using her deceased loved one as a bridge of sorts. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, and basically it comes out, like, as you learn more of their language, which is, like, um, 
they speak in like palindromes and like use circular symbols. It's all about this whole circle coming back um, thing. Um, and the more you learn it, the more you experience like these weird memories, but they're of future events. So it's like seeing the future. Right. And it has something to do with like, once you understand their language, it's you are understanding things from a broad spectrum as opposed to like 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 you said again circular as opposed to linear so for humans we've always understood time to move forward in a linear way but for these aliens they see everything all the time because they understand that time doesn't move necessarily linearly for everything or everyone um so that yeah it's yeah it's pretty trippy it's a cool movie i like it yeah it was a really cool concept mm-hmm um, and again, it had that like slower pace, which I think just lends itself to things like this. Right. I don't know. I mean, I like, you know, you're crazy, like alien. I've seen every single fucking alien movie. Right. Um, and, and I like like the action and the horror and I like predator and I like, like all of those things for sure. But like, there's just something about these really interesting thought-provoking movies about like asking the question of like you know is there other life in the universe and like if so then when is when are we gonna like see that and how is it gonna present itself um yeah so yeah and it's also cool to demonstrate like um because obviously aliens have been talked about in the world for you know so long at this point and it's cool to see that a subject such as aliens can, uh, it has such a wide range because you have on one end, like all the crazy conspiracy theories about aliens wanting to enslave the human race and make hybrids. Um, right. and then, but you also have like these movies that are like kind of take it seriously a little more. So it, right. can, it, aliens can reach a wide range of people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is because, like, aliens in general, like, you know, regardless of whether or not we have or have not been visited by aliens, whether or not the government is or is not in cahoots with them, um, whether or not aliens are or not (laughs) running our government, as it were, (laughs) right now, um, I think it's something that everyone asks, even if they can't, if, like, they don't have the words for it yet, of, like, looking up at the sky and feeling like, you know, the undescribable feeling of wondering if something else is out there, you know? Right. Even as kids, people do it. Yeah, um, for sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's so I, crazy yeah. that how humanity is so consumed by one idea. Do you know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. And like we said in our first episode the one where we tore apart everything ancient aliens have to say (laughs) (laughs) um but you know even ancient cultures were interested in space right it's it's such a far-reaching thing i think the only thing that human beings are so caught up in other than aliens is the idea of god figures yeah that's really the only thing that i can think of that has consumed thought 
across so many cultures and across so much time and across so much space and so many different areas um, just across the board. It's insane. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. I love how, like, we started talking about, like, contact and arrival and, like, we, st- we both get, like, very, like, <laughs> philosophical and, like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, it happens. Um, I wanted to talk really quickly about Firefly, the TV show. Yeah. Because when I was thinking about which pop culture things I wanted to talk about, um, I thought about Firefly because, you know, it's a space cowboy show. Um, yeah. It's got a cult following. I really love Firefly. I've watched it so many times. Um, <laughs> played the board game. Like, I fucking love Firefly. <laughs> And then I, like, thought about it, and I was like, wait, there's there's no fucking aliens in Firefly. In that universe, they're all humans. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, you know, I guess some people think there aren't aliens, and maybe Josh Whedon is one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I I got to thinking about it... um, And, like, the intro, I'm just going to read it really quick. Um, It says, After the Earth was used up, we found a new solar system, and hundreds of new Earths were terraformed and colonized. The central planets formed the alliance and decided all the planets had to join under their rule. There was some disagreement on on that point. After the war, many of the independents who had fought and lost drifted to the edges of the system, far from alliance control. Out here, people struggled to get by with the most basic technologies. A ship could bring you work a gun a gun would help you keep it a captain's goal was simple find a crew find a job keep flying uh i know i get so nervous reading aloud i'm sorry oh no you're fine (laughs) um so then i thought like well maybe in the firefly universe because you know they fucked up real earth and then moved on to a new solar system and terraformed a bunch of things so it is possible in the universe that Firefly is in that there were aliens, and then once they saw that humans were, like, fucking up their shit and then heading towards their shit to fuck it up, they were just like, I'm out. Fuck these yeah. people. <laughs> right. Well, and I mean, thinking about that, too, now that you say that, I mean, it's very possible for there to not ever be aliens like we would expect to see them. Like, different yeah. than carbon-based humanoid type yeah thing. for sure because <clears throat> so kind of how like how we were talking about um in the first episode we kind of like touched on like um uh, now i'm not gonna remember what it's called the the ah uh, fuck i can't remember what it's called um it's like the italian philosopher scientist man theorizing about um I, can't, I seriously cannot remember. Not even the name, but also not even the word that's used to describe what I'm trying to say. Um, but the idea that humans have either, you know, were either the first ones to cross the great barrier of life or were the last ones and were about to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. I just right. can't fucking remember what it's called. Yeah, um, I remember you talking about that. And so there's a very real possibility if there's no if there is no aliens yet in the way that we would expect them, or if we are the last ones and there are no alien civilizations left, then there's a very real possibility that we will be 
the first slash last ones to populate other planets. And so carbon-based humanoid, humanoid, <coughs> oh, sorry, excuse me, um, humanoids are going to be like the only thing that are out there. So it's a possibility. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to talk about Firefly for a second because... Like, like I said, I've seen it so many times, and then I was, like, surprised to realize that there's no aliens in it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's a weird one. Uh, keep going back to childhood stuff, but have you ever seen the film Mars Attacks? <laughs> I have, yes. Oh my god. So, I didn't know, but this makes total sense that it's a Tim Burton film, first of all. Oh, I didn't know that either, but yeah, now that you say it, like, fucking obviously. Right, absolutely, absolutely, it's a Tim Burton movie. But I had no idea up until, like, literally today. Um, But... Uh, so Mars Attacks is a film that was released in 1996, um, starring a whole bunch of like really awesome, talented actors in this yeah. fucking <laughs> weird movie. Um, so it's like, uh, it's Jack Nicholson, it's Glenn Close, Annette Benning, Pierce Brosnan, who is so hot. Uh, Danny DeVito, Martin Short, Sarah Jessica Parker, Michael J. Fox. Like, there's just, like, a, just st- Natalie Portman's in it. It's, like, star-studded yeah. cast. So, so, so good. Um, and then it's just this, like, ridiculous film about these crazy, like, aliens that obviously, like, they want to come in and they want to, like, you know, take over the world. And, um, in fact, even on, like, the promotional poster, it says, Nice Planet, we'll take it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, it's, like... But they just, they look ridiculous. They have these, like, brain heads. Yeah. And, like, skinny bodies. Um, and it's just... Yeah, they just... have, like, broccoli brains yeah. on their skins. Yeah. It just, it's so fucking weird. Um, and, like, so it kind of look, they kind of look like skeletons with, like, I'm trying to, like, describe what this fucking head looks like. I know, you can't, like, it's hard... Yeah, because they, it's like their eyes are fucking popping out. Yeah, so it's like a skeleton, like a skull, but if the brain was like on the outside. <laughs> so like in the face area, they have like their their eye sockets and you can see like the nose and like the teeth are all like, you know, out there, but like the brain is on the outside part. So yeah. it's just, they're fucking weird looking. We'll put a picture up. You'll be able to see it. Um but, yeah, so it's very much in the vein, I feel like, when you look at, for example, Beetlejuice is a really great example um, of just zany, weird yeah. shit. Um, just, like, not quite over the top, but getting there, like, approaching yeah. that line. Yeah, and so they, but they walked around, and they said, they, they like, they make this gag, 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 gag. <laughs> they, like, make this. So that's how they talk and they communicate. And that's, like, half the film is just listening to them. Gag, 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 gag. Yeah, and it's, like, if you see what these aliens look like, it's the exact sound you think they would make. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so this film came out in 1996, and my little sister was born in 2000. And this was, at the time, one of my father's favorite movies. And so he used to make that noise at my little sister. And my mom would just, like, scream from the other room, like, Don't gack at the baby! (laughs) Uh, That's gonna be your first word! (laughs) 
It's so great. But so yeah, so that was like one of my like parents' movies that they really enjoyed watching um, back in the day. And I haven't seen it in a long time, but I just, it was such a weird fucking movie. There's like one bit where they're like trying to uh, infiltrate the White House, like take me to your leader style, but like it's not like upfront about it. So they're like sneaking into like the White House. And so they dress this alien up as a woman with just the biggest fucking hair you've ever seen. Um, and, like, she's, like, chewing gum so that... Because they can't breathe oxygen or something like that. Um, so when they chew gum, they can, like, breathe in our environment or whatever. And um, the, the costume or disguise, I guess, is, like, weird, like, material. And so she, like, gets, like like, something fucks up her face, and it's just, like, half of it is, like, you know, coming down, and that's just, I feel like, a really iconic um, piece of imagery from that movie. Is yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a cool one. It's another really good one, especially if you're into things like Tim Burton's kind of style, um, and less, less like, Nightmare Before Christmas or, like, his um, right. claymation films, but, like, his actual, like, feature films, like, for example, Beetlejuice. Um, I think you'd really, really like this. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just fun. Yeah. It's a fun, funny movie. It really is. And so I don't know if this pinball machine, I don't know if they were, was pinball still like a thing in, in the nineties? Were they still making new pinball? I I mean, I'm pretty sure they're still making new pinball today too. Really? Really? Um, but there was a pinball machine, and I don't know if this was like, yeah, okay. So Revenge from Mars was the pinball, and it is older, but like the the mo- alien monsters look similar in their like the fact that the brain is on the outside. But it always reminded me of it too. Oh yeah, um, probably inspired by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just a fun ride, and you should definitely check it out. For sure, for sure, especially because of. Like, every fucking celebrity you've ever ever heard of is, is in this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Literally all of them. Every yeah. single one of them. It's a, it's a little ridiculous. Dude, even Ray J is yeah. in the movie. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. There's so many. There's so many actors in that movie. Like, really star-studded cast. And, like, good actors. Not just, like, everybody, but, like, good actors are in that movie. Yeah. Which is insane to me. But. For shower and yeah are we am i doing war of the worlds yes right so man do i have a story for you a story so insane it's almost as if it really wasn't as crazy and intense as everyone thought that it was Uh, (laughs) so back in 1938 there was a man named uh orson wells who decided that he was going well he didn't it wasn't even like a decision and it wasn't even supposed to be like what it was yeah essentially um but he kind of transcribed an adaptation of war of the worlds by hg wells which is a famous book about alien invasion um, and so H.G. Wells was doing this radio play in 1938, and it was on, like, a pretty good time slot. Um, right. it was six minutes. And they minutes. did, 
they did say at the beginning, like, this is a radio drama. Right. And the thing is, it was also printed, like, in the paper that it, it was scheduled. Like, right. It was a thing that people, like, the problem was is that it wasn't very popular. Um, like, it, like, it wasn't something that people were, like, going to go out of their way to listen to unless it, like, unless they knew about it and wanted to, like, listen to it. Right. Um, yeah, so people were also... just, like, tuning in and they had missed the memo that it was fake. Right. And so it, it did cause a lot of panic. But <laughs> a big part of that, because um, basically they're like, we interrupt this broadcast to tell you that uh, aliens have invaded New Jersey or, like, whatever. Um, right. Like, it it read very much like it was the news going over, um, like, the, like, minute-by-minute minute kind of play out, like, play-by-play play of an alien invasion happening. And so there were a huge amount of people that got very worked up and, like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. However, um, when I was growing up, um, I heard about it from my grandmother and my mom, and they said that people were, like, killing themselves in San Francisco. Because oh, my God. Because, like, it's starting on the East Coast and it's coming this way. But I really don't think that that is accurate. Um, and there was a really good article that I read from NPR that said that probably about 5,000 people or something like that were um, tested to, like, like, a rating service, essentially. And essentially... They asked them, what are you listening to on that night? And they were like a radio play. They didn't ever say like a news broadcast or anything like that. Yeah, so there was like, <clears throat> sorry, um, there's a lot of hysteria that was coming from it. And the funny thing is, this was when the radio, like, okay, so technology obviously changes with the flow of time, whatever. But the radio was starting to take over the newspaper as a source of news for people. And so there is a theory that a lot of the panic um, that was caused or the panic that was perceived was reported by newspapers. So they took the opportunity to try and discredit radio as a source of news. Oh. Look, this, all of this can happen, like, you know, right. easily, like... People could be, you know, freaking out and losing their minds and, like, this is something that, like, it's so easy to do. Why don't you, like, read a newspaper instead, essentially? Right, right. Because um, as the newspaper was starting to go out of fashion for a news source, as the radio got more popular, that was the, you know, the 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 fear of newspaper agencies. So it's, like, kind of like a video killed the radio star. <laughs> right. Um as the flow of time, you know, tends to do, essentially. Right. So I learned about uh, the War of the Worlds radio thing um, from a little cartoon called Hey Arnold. Yes! I love yeah, because hey yeah, they had that Halloween episode where Arnold and Gerald are going to carry out a prank Um by faking a news radio broadcast of an alien invasion and they get all of their friends to like dress up as aliens and swarm the city. Mm -hmm. So I just love that cartoon so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Um, Orson Welles. And the thing is like, this is a guy that like went on to do Citizen Kane, um, which I believe, wasn't that also about 
Like a news mogul? I never saw Citizen Kane, honestly. I've never I've never seen the movie, but I think like the whole premise of it is like this rich guy ha- like holds all of the um like all the cards essentially because he like has a monopoly on news and and so and it was newspapers I believe um and yeah so he just had a record of like pissing people the fuck off you know (laughs) um but doing it in like a cool way and things that you know constantly like you know putting pressure on on people and things like that so like I mean it's not necessarily unfounded that they were hasty about the introduction to the thing, and um, also they were all very good actors. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> they tried to make it sound as real as possible. That was the whole point of it. It's the same thing yeah. as going into a horror movie. It's just at this point, you know, you don't have all of the information, and you tune into something, and it sounds like it's a news broadcast. I can understand why people would get panicked. Right, for sure. Especially, you know, at that point in time. Yeah, and I mean, this was, this was, what is it now, 82 years ago or something like that that this happened? Um, and it's also 1938, which was, like, right in between, like, before we started to see the ramp-up of World War II. So, yeah. Yeah, neat. Neat! Yeah, it's a fun thing. Like, little blip from history. Really cool. Yeah, super cool. And if anybody doesn't know, H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds is not just a movie starring <laughs> Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, Of yeah. all people. <laughs> um, it was a science fiction novel released in 1898 by H.G. Wells, who's a famous science fiction writer, um, about an invasion uh, from outside of our planet obviously it's aliens it's about alien invasion and they come and they're not nice aliens and they come to earth and they try and start killing every it's yeah it's they're bad aliens and it's a bad time so obviously and it's a pretty quick read too yeah i highly recommend it's very fast paced it's a good one yeah Yeah, i i read it on um a treadmill (laughs) i remember yeah Yeah. i was like running and reading it nice that's a yeah. that's a super cool thing to do. I have never even thought of reading while running. That's cool, dude. That's my go- if I have to run on a treadmill, that's what I do. I just blow the text up really big mm-hmm. on my e-reader and just fucking get to it. Nice, yeah. Um, also, the complete radio play is available on the Wikipedia page for the War of the Worlds 1938 radio drama. So yeah. if you want to listen to it, it is readily available on the internet. Do it, yes. Do you want to tell us about Scientology? Oh, man. So, (laughs) it's... uh, So, I can't really tell you all about Scientology. So, I'll give you a little bit of backstory. Because... Really quickly, there are some good documentaries out there that you guys should watch, because holy shit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Another really good, honestly, I mean, if it's... If if you're into it... um, Last podcast on the left has a great series about Mormonism that talks about all of the, oh, yeah. it, it on all the points. And, oh my yeah. god. It's yeah, really good. So good. <laughs> but okay, so Scientology. Um L. Ron Hubbard is a uh person who used to be a science fiction writer, is someone who is known to hang out with uh occultists and is just a genuinely like not a great guy (laughs) he 
I also believe that there's somewhere where he like comes out and says that everything was fake. Like at one point, like I feel like there's a TV <laughs> interview where he says that. So a friend of mine and I actually went in, we went to go see Ma- or Massive Attack in Minneapolis. Me- yeah. God, I can't <laughs> fucking talk today. Minneapolis. <laughs> <laughs> Minneapolis. Um, anyways, so when we went to Minneapolis to see Massive Attack, we also went to, because they were having an open house where you could, like, do, like, test your your evilness, <laughs> test oh my your God. alien juice or whatever. <laughs> um, and so we went into the, into the Church of Scientology and we, like, took this, like, quiz. And then, like, this very strange man told me a bunch of stuff about myself that he shouldn't have known it was really fucking weird oh no uh so originally like chase and i were like this is gonna be hilarious you know right um and we go in and it's like totally like one of the nicest buildings i've ever been in i don't understand why a church has to be so big but that's just me They've got, like, these testing centers where you can do all this stuff. They've got, like, a gift shop where you can buy all of Elrond all Hubbard's books. And honestly, like, they're pretty, they're halfway decent alien fan fiction, I guess, <laughs> you could say. Right. Um, and the way that they present it is, oh, God, they're freaks, man. They're freaky, freaky Ugh. people. <laughs> like, it's so <laughs> weird. It's just so weird. And so the way that they present it is essentially you're holding on to pre like whenever you have like mental illness or whenever you have problems with your health or things like that, it's because you're holding on to trauma from previous lives. Um, now me as a person who's like spiritual and I like do have like some kind of belief in reincarnation and, and that kind of thing. Um, that makes sense to me. It totally does. It's like, okay, you're holding on to previous traumas and that's like affecting who you are as a person now. Like, that's why meditation's a huge thing. Like, that's just a thing that's true. When you hold on to previous trauma, your, your brain's not healthy. <clears throat> so, Xenu <laughs> is an alien um, who, according to L. Ron Hubbard, is the dictator of the Galactic Confederacy who brought <laughs> millions of people to Earth, then known as Tegyak, in <laughs> DC in a DC eight like spacecraft seventy five million years ago, stacked them around volcanoes and then killed them with hydrogen bombs. Uh, and official Scientology scriptures hold that Thetans. Um, or immortal spirits of these aliens adhere to humans, causing them spiritual harm. And so, essentially, what's happening is those traumatic memories from being abducted from an alien are what are causing you to be mentally unhealthy. And if you pay the Church of Scientology enough money, they will teach you a course on how to separate yourself from the spirit of the evil aliens. Yeah, sure, that checks out. Right, totally. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it totally makes sense. Like, wow, I wish you would have told me sooner. I made, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so, <laughs> essentially, <laughs> they're... Oh, my God. It's um, a government faction. This is from the Wikipedia page. A government faction known as the Loyal Officers finally overthrew Xenu and his renegades and locked him away in an electric... <sighs> 
an electronic mountain trap from which he has not escaped. Although the location of Xenu is sometimes said to be the Pyrenees on Earth, this is actually the location Hubbard... Sorry, this is actually the location Hubbard gave elsewhere for an ancient Martian report station. Tegiak was subsequently <laughs> abandoned by the Galactic Confederacy and remains a pariah prison planet to this day, although it has suffered repeatedly from incursions by alien invader forces since that time. Uh, in 1988, the cost of learning these secrets from the Church of Scientology was approximately $6,500. This, in addition to the cost of the prior courses, which are sorry, necessary to be eligible for uh, the third level, uh, were often well over $100,000. Belief in Xenu and body thetans is a requirement for a solid Scientologist to, sorry, to progress further along the bridge to total freedom. Now, if that isn't just a sentence that makes you go, hmm, <laughs> that sounds like the plot to a sci-fi movie. That yeah. doesn't sound like there's any fucking way on God's green earth that that could be a thing that's real. It just doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. And not even, like, as a sci-fi novel does it make sense. It's just up and down and all over the place. Like, the story yeah. isn't consistent. It's, yeah, man. But L. there's Ron people Hubbard that, like, are really like, leaning into it. You what? There's people that are really leaning into it, and they fully believe it. Yeah, but do they know all of these things, or were they given the, you know, bullshit, I'm gonna take you and sit next to this indoor fireplace that we have, for some reason, and, and you know, pull my knees up onto the couch and be, how are you feeling, buddy? You what feeling if Scientology okay? is actually just, um... The largest pyramid scheme. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's literally what it is. In the same way that, like, okay, so Mormonism, like, uh, Joseph Smith essentially started the Mormon church. Um, originally, the, so the Church of Christ, sorry, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints was non-existent by the time Joseph Smith wrote his book about how things were created. So he just published his own creation story by, well, not by himself, with the help of some guy who was part of the church <clears throat> before it started. But, like, it was a completely ridiculous made-up story that he wanted to publish so that he could make money. Right. And then when it right. didn't make him money like that, he started a church <laughs> and got followers to believe what he was saying. And then God, a whole bunch so of other weird. unsavory characters got mixed up into it. It's the same thing with the Church of Scientology. Uh, this guy was not a successful <laughs> sci-fi writer and decided to create a cult. God, should we create a cult? <laughs> yeah, dude, we should we should start a cult. Honestly, there's good money. <laughs> Got that um, good cult money. <laughs> yeah, so Dianetics is like the first, or like the big book essentially that L. Ron Hubbard wrote. It's called The Modern Science of Mental Health. Um, but I, I don't think it's not like a Bible. It's not. It's a fucking... I don't even know. It's like a manual. Yeah. He's... Yeah. He's a fucking... Yeah. I just can't get behind it. Uh, he hung out with a dude who, like, founded JPL and, like, hung out with, like, Aleister Crowley and, like, those kind of people. And a man right. who would 
told everybody that demons taught him how to blow stuff up. So it's like, I just can't, I just can't get behind the L. Ron Hubbard guy. I really can't. No. I don't know too much about him, but I do know that my personal experience, by the way, a DC-8 is like a jet airplane. Cool. I just like, that's what he thinks that the alien brought. Anyways. Yeah. No, Dope. it's just, <laughs> it's a lot. Um, well, what's surprising is how many celebrities feed into Scientology. I really don't know what to believe anymore. If I'm being completely honest with you, like, half of me, like, wants to believe all this fucking random QAnon shit. Like, I don't know, man. It's just really hard, especially when you see, like, little shreds and bits of proof. But also... <clears throat> <clears throat> the problem is, did the actual event happen before the proof came to you? And so are you being influenced by knowing that the event happened and then you're being shown something that validates something that someone's saying? Or, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So it's just I don't weird. know. There's, there's probably more to it than we will ever be able to see because we don't have enough money. No. I will never have enough money to be a Scientologist. I wish, I wish that I could just pay them a million dollars and be like, figure out my shit and tell me all the secrets about aliens. Tell me all the uh, <laughs> secrets. Um, but that's never going to be a thing that I'm going to be able to do. So I just won't know. Um, I just have to wait for, you know, some celebrity to just get like knocked out of their weird funk and then come out and tell everybody everything. That would be well, super Well, that scary. one lady did. Mm-hmm. And there's some guy, like, he's, like, a guitarist for the Mars Volta or something like that, and he used to be a Scientologist, and he, like, thinks that the Church of Scientology, like, killed his cat or something like that. Aww. I don't know. Like, they're just, like, very vengeful when you leave the church, I guess. Obviously, because they don't want you to <laughs> tell everybody about the alien secrets. Right. Um, yeah. So, I don't Going know. clear. Going Clear is the documentary that I was thinking of earlier. Okay, I'll have to check that, it out because I haven't seen it. But Dude, immediately watch it. <laughs> um, so one, one thing, okay, I don't know why I remember this or what news source I got it from, or maybe it was an episode of South Park, but I know that Tom Cruise, so Tom Cruise and Katie, whatever her name is, were Holmes. Scientologists. Katie Holmes, yeah. Were Scientologists. When Katie Holmes had their child, there was something that came out about the idea that she had to remain completely silent during childbirth because if she made a sound, then Xenu would come down and kill her and steal the baby. I don't know where I got oh, this information. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but I so I like I don't know if it's like one of those weird Mandela effect things, but there was even like one of those shitty very topical flash games about it where you had to like throw pain pills at her <laughs> and she would like catch them in her mouth. Dope. <laughs> yeah. It was and then if like she's like if the noise meter went up then like an alien would pop out. Like that's how much I remember it. I don't know why. And so I tried to find I tried to find some, you know, remnants of that incident 
on the internet and I couldn't find anything. I did, however, find an article from when uh, they separated and it was very, very messy. Um, and the, t <laughs> the opening line for it was L Ron for your life, Katie. <laughs> and it was so, Fuck I thought yeah. that was great. That was hilarious to me. That's an uh, award winning opening sentence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great job. I think it was the New York post. Good job with that one, boys. I don't give you many bones, but that one you deserve. <laughs> <clears throat> so I found a little, um, article on the internet <laughs> uh <Right>. history <laughs> the, the uk version of the history website um history channel website and it just has like a small collection of some celebrities that have talked about um how and why they believe in aliens and some of them are really fun and i just want to share that with you guys uh so fran drescher of the nanny fame. <laughs> <laughs> so my her says my laugh sounds like her and I hate that. <laughs> We're gonna have to do a side by side. <laughs> yeah, no, it'll be yeah, it'll be it'll be a fun time because yeah. that's a fun noise. Fran Drescher's just a gem. She's great. Yeah, for real. Uh, so her and her ex husband, um, they both believe that they were abducted by aliens. Um, and not together. They oh. believe that they each were separately abducted in their childhoods. Um, cause they both had a really similar experience where they were driving, uh, in a car with their fathers. And, uh, Fran said that they were abducted and had implants placed in their hands and they both have the same hand scar. Weird. And, yeah. Uh, so there's that for you. That's so insane to be as famous as Fran Drescher, who's, like, a household name for most people, like, at least older people. And yeah. And, like, just openly talk about the fact that you were abducted by aliens. Yeah. That's insane. Just, and that you have an implant. Yeah. Jeez. But, yeah. There we are, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, Elvis Presley. Uh, the king, if you will. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, that Elvis Presley, he said that um, when he was eight years old, he was telepathically visited by aliens who showed him a future version of a man wearing a white suit singing to a crowd. Aw, cutie. Yeah. And he also said that he saw like a bunch of UFOs um, throughout his entire life. I feel like that's something that's, like, connected to Elvis Presley for some reason. That like, I know. That he and aliens are, like, a thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're, yeah, like, intrinsically for sure. connected in my mind for some reason. And maybe it's because he used to talk about UFOs all the time. But, like, that just seems like it's, like, part of, like, UFO culture to, like... It really is. Um, Which I especially think... Especially the um, white suit, too. Like, that yeah. iconic picture of him with, like, the gemstones on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, mm -hmm. and, um... Like, Las Vegas just kind of feels kind of UFO-y to me as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It feels like a fucking... It feels very paranormal. <laughs> it feels yeah, like something so. is not right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that whole culture feels similar. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, 
David Bowie, which should uh, come obviously. as no surprise at I'm all. I'm pretty sure he just is an alien. Like, yeah. it makes more sense. He is the man who fell to Earth, after all, so. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he said when he was a child, he saw a bunch of UFOs, and he just got used to them, because he kept seeing them for, like, so often. Um, and he said as an adult he saw a ufo hovering over a field and he believed it was a projection projection of my own mind trying to make sense of this quantum topological doorway into dimensions beyond our own what a fucking douchebag (laughs) (laughs) i mean like seriously guy like you playing it up a little bit you know i mean he had a thing going I mean, I guess. Yeah, it makes sense. It was it does like, make sense. That was, like, completely part of his character. I'm not right. surprised. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> Muhammad Ali, he had a lifelong interest in UFOs, and he claimed to have seen them and been watched by UFOs on 16 different occasions. He even saw a mothership once. How does he know? Uh, he j- I think he just felt it in his heart. <laughs> yeah, he said, uh, if you look up in the sky in the early morning, you see them playing tag between the stars. I think maybe he just got hit in the head too many times. <laughs> Completely possible. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. You could see them playing tag between the stars. That's a sweet, lovely thing to say. I know. But also like, no, I sir, like... that's a concussion. Yeah. <laughs> that is a traumatic brain injury, actually. <laughs> um, Olivia Newton-John, uh, she said when she was 15, she saw silver flying object at amazing speeds in the Cambridge countryside. Uh, she's been a firm believer forever in um, the existence of aliens, and she was quoted as saying, in England, most people now think UFOs are possible. 20 years ago, many people would... How many people would have thought that? Hmm. Uh, so, yeah. And then uh, the last one is William Shatner, so he said that he saw a UFO in the desert in 1969 and then later admitted that he lied about that. <laughs> but he still was like, but I am a firm believer. So there's no <laughs> doubt that there is life out there. Right. I know that I lied about this, but. <laughs> but for real. Yeah. Um, I don't know how old this article is. Let me quickly check. Cool. It doesn't say. Excellent. Um, for me. Yeah, really great. Um, but this article, at whatever time it was written, um, says that William Shatner is in the process of writing a novel about alien abduction. Hmm. So Weird. <laughs> maybe it's out now. Maybe it's not. Uh, nope. Okay, so. Uh, here is a... William Shatner's alien abduction books. Oh, spacing out from this is from 2014. He appeared on Larry King now to discuss his upcoming novel about UFOs and alien abductions. Um, but I can't find any other information about it. All right. Well, he's still working on it. You guys. <laughs> yeah. Just doing it. That was 2014. Just, so just plugging away. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. 
So next episode, um, we are going to open with the whole Tom DeLong timeline and his connection with UFOs. Yes, because it's connected to something that happened very recently involving the government and official videos. The government. The government. <laughs> Which is so weird to like think about. Just we live in the weirdest timeline. It's uh, fucking weird, yeah. But it is what it is. So if you're excited to learn about all of those things and maybe more, uh, definitely join us not next week, but the week after. Yeah. Um, yeah. So next episode, <laughs> we're going to talk about the recent videos released and um obviously tom DeLong, and we're also going to scour the internet and find some good old-fashioned abduction stories yeah yeah just for fun you know yeah funsies it'll be it'll be a good time um so once again thank you uh so much for listening thank you for continuing to listen even though this is now i know unfortunately how will smith fan podcast (laughs) um but if you are interested in our show if you like our show if you like what we do and you'd like to help us out you can contribute on patreon we have a bunch of different levels that will fit any budget um that's patreon.com slash bite-sized podcast remember if you are listening on apple Podcasts, to uh give us a subscribe and also write a review um that definitely helps us out a lot uh, follow us on Spotify, all of the things. Um, and also, if you guys, we are still taking stories from fans, so if you do have an alien story, go ahead and hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at Bite Size Podcast, or you can email us at our Goop. Yeah. <laughs> I really can't do this today. Um, go ahead and email us at Bite Sized Podcast at gmail.com, which is B-Y-T-E-S-I-Z-E-D, podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, Tell your friends. Yeah, tell your friends about us, man. We're too poor to get billboards, so (laughs) you guys guys definitely help us out by uh, sharing us around, for sure. Yeah, we appreciate it. Yeah, we love you guys, buddies. Bite-sized buddies. So cute. Yeah. Okay, bye. Bye.